Well, it's good to be here this morning. I thank the Lord. Glad I was able to be a part of that and be on the inside of some of that. And uh, I thank the Lord. It's been a good day. Thank the Lord always for being in his house for a time to worship, a time to come together. I'm thankful for you. Looking forward to next Sunday, but looking forward to this Sunday. Uh, very much so because of his word. Uh, how many know that's what makes the difference is his word? It's, it's not who's here. It's not me. It's not the preacher. It's because it's cause of his word and what he does. And that can, make, that can make the difference in our life. So this morning, I want to just give you one. Uh, actually, I'm going to do a, a, a bigger chunk of scripture, but I only want to read one verse kind of as a text because it really is. It's the center point. We'll go a little bit before it in a little bit, and we'll go a little bit behind it. But this is the hinge point of what I want to talk to you about this morning, what the Lord's put on my heart. And it's a powerful piece of verse. It, it really brings a smile to my face just reading it and thinking about it. So if you want, we'll stand one more time. We'll read this one verse. We'll pray over it, and then we'll believe the Lord. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. One, one, one very, very good verse in, in Scripture. Very, one of the very good ones. The Bible says this. Wherefore, gird up, gird up, it's, it's, it's like sashing your, your coat and your clothes and your cloths, putting the belt on, if you will. I don't know about you, I, I ain't the biggest feller anymore, and, and if I don't pull a belt on, it'd be hard for me to go very far very fast. I know they do it nowadays, and I know it's popular, and I'm not getting on that, but I'm just saying, I was going to say, I never did find that very comfortable. I've always found it more comfortable to tighten up my belt where I can move around and do what I need to do. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so that's what it's saying. It's really, it's really get ready for action, really. It's being able to move. Wherefore, gird up the loins. Of course, this is in your mind, your mind. Be sober. And here's this powerful. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought. Future. Somebody say future grace. Future, come to talk to you this morning about future grace. Future grace. Future grace. Oh, that makes me smile. Maybe it's because I know where I'm going, but it makes me smile. For the grace to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm thankful. Let's, 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 let's look to the Lord. Ask him to bless our time here this morning. I, I'm going to let Sister Marks, I know she's all giddy over here. I'm going to let her pray over this this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for future grace. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're present in your atmosphere right now. Lord, let us continue to dwell in your spirit today, God. Bless the pastor in this word. Let it seed into our hearts and be a fruitful seed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Make sure you give him the glory. Thank you, sister. Give him the glory and the praise before you sit down. Give him glory. Amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. Uh, I like this text. It, it really will preach all by itself. It takes a lot of the work, and you'll see what I'm talking. It takes a lot of the work away from the preacher because it's a lot here, that, it, that, 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 that argument or whatever that's already been built into this piece of Scripture. But the text really... In, uh, in this part of it anyway, it points, it points to a future grace. It points to something that's yet to, and that, that, alone, that alone stirs excitement in my heart because I know what past grace has been. I know how powerful, how powerful that's been in my life, the change that that's been, the things that that's worked in my life, the keeping power, the strengthening, the, the, the miraculous uh, the moments even like we shared here this morning, the, that, that was all a year ago. That was all a year ago. Uh, I kept encouraging even my brother in, in grace. And, and future grace caught him this morning. Amen. Amen. Hang with me. Hang with me. But it, but it, but it, it stirs all that for, for those reasons and many more. But, but it really does this. It, it, it builds my expectation. And that's really what I want you to catch in this. There, there should be an expectation. No matter where you're at this morning, no matter what you're going through, or no matter if you're not going through, or life just kind of like, but the, verses like that uh, in God's Word should, should, should cause you to, to be stirred with an expectation for tomorrow, next week, next year, on into eternity. A future expectation of, of grace, grace that I've not even seen yet. It's, it's not come yet. It's not revealed yet. It's yet to come and yet to, to bring itself into my life. So I want to say this. If present grace, and I know this happens sometimes, if present grace seems to be a little slack 
in your life right now. If, if you're still waiting, if you're still hoping, if, if you thought maybe it should have already, it should have done come, or this should have been over, or we should have been way beyond here, my family or me or whatever, this, this battle, this, this temptation, this, this sin, this weakness, this infirmity, all these things, whatever it is, you know, though all those things, they, they discourage us when they linger. When you keep battling what you thought God would have took last month or last year, when you keep battling, when you keep going through the same darkness or trial or the same temptation, I thought I was above that. You keep going. You keep going. This built an expectation, an expectation of, 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 of there's a grace there's a grace that I've not even seen yet. There's a, there's a grace coming that's in the future. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might be this second, whatever, but it's there. That's what the scriptures are. It should be building. I'm going to say, or it not be no one discouraged or dismayed this morning. But for God that sits on the throne of grace has already got a grace ordered for whatever the trial is next week, next month. I got a good friend, or Cindy really does, got a good friend that's going through a pretty bad trial right now. He just lost his uh, father in law, and he's worried to death about his father. And, and I, I, wish, I wish I could tell him, I wish I could tell him, no, you can't prepare for losing. Your father, but when it comes, when it does come, there is a future grace. There is a future grace. It don't make it any more pleasant. It don't make it any more uh, uh, joyful, or it don't make it any more uh, uh, not a, a burden. But there is a grace that's sufficient. A future grace. I wish I could tell him that in in this morning's service. Even I wish I I could transfer that to him. That that days of God, days of God. He's the God that tells him to hope, hope to the end, hope to the end for the grace that's yet to come. There's a grace on the way. There's a grace coming. It's not, even though if it seems slack now or if it seems slack even at this present time, he's telling us, he's telling us, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of it and hope for this this oncoming grace that your God, my God, has determined is coming. Hope to the end. Hope to the end. Amen. Even if you are sitting here feeling like it's left you short. Even if you are sitting here feeling like it's left you out. You see the stories, you hear the stories, you hear the Sometimes even testimonies. And maybe you sit there with, with, with some same similar situation and it feels like grace has left you out. Encourage yourself. Lift your expectation. Lift your, gird up the loins of your mind. Bring it all back in and focus again. Refocus. Bring your mind, your thoughts back together. Bring it all, bring it all back together and focus again. Because there's a grace. There's a grace coming that you don't even fully understand. And that's the way that is. You don't even, sometimes you don't know how. People, we say stuff like this. When we, before we ever go through something, we say, how in the world am I going to go through that? And we don't know. We don't know how because you know why? It's the, that grace has not been revealed yet. I could tell Job that the worst fear, when he, when he said, my worst fear has come upon me, well, those fears that he feared before it came, we could have told him, it's all right, Job, hang in there. There's a grace coming that will be revealed. That'll help you through that. That'll get you through that. That'll work. Though our mind can't fathom it. That's like Cindy's friend, he can't fathom. How will I ever go through that? How will I ever go through that? Come on, somebody. By his grace. So gird up. Gird up the loins of your mind. And I like this. I like this because this text also points really as it points to this future grace, but this is it's just getting to where I need to be this morning. It, 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 this future grace is connected. There's a connection. It's not just it's not just any way or any shape, but there's a connection. And one of the, one of the connections that's obvious there. It's all grace. It's connected to Christ Jesus. I mean, you you're not. He is the God of grace. He is the God of all grace. You you might have good fortune. You might have whatever. But I'm gonna tell you what. If you get God's grace, it's it's connected to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where it came from. Amen. Amen. 
So that's, 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 that's obvious. But the other thing that I want you to see this morning that where this future grace is connected to is in that, in the thought where it says girding up, girding up the loins of your mind. Because it's, this, this verse is really a call to action. It's, it's a call to action. And I feel like if ever there was a time that, that, that we need to hear this message, it's this morning. Especially in, in this current landscape of time and environment that we live. Because if, if the Christian church is suffering from anything in, in this hour, and especially in our land, it, it's, it's the, 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 the thought or, or the, the non-action, the passivity, so passive. So I want, I want to share, I want, I want to give you this thought. I want to give you, you can argue with me in a minute if you want, but I'm just going to give you this thought just to the way that the Lord gave it to me. But future grace is, is not connected to passivity. You, you, it's not. Future grace, you, you'll not tap into the future grace that I'm talking about this morning because uh, it's connected to a call to action. That's what he's saying when he says to gird up the loins. In other words, in other words just sitting back and being passive. Just being passive is not going to be enough. Being passive is not going to connect us to it. The Christian life, the believer's life, is a call to a rigorous lifestyle. What Scripture tells us over and in many, many places that we get that understanding in teachings and principles and, and even Jesus' scriptures about, about the violent, take it by far, the kingdom of heaven, the, the things of God. It's about not being passive. It's a call to action. Even, even church attendance anymore suffers because of passiveness. Now, there's a good crowd here. I'm not beating up on any man. I'm just saying, though, it's a passive. We think grace, with that entitled mindset, we think, well, I'm just a believer and grace is going to come. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Grace is not, is not guaranteed to the passive. It's not. No, you, you get grace when you gird up the loins of your mind and, and you, 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 you set your mind on things of God. That's where this connection is. It's setting your mind. How many know this morning that whatever you set your mind on, there's something on the other end. There's several examples. I'll give you a couple in 1 Romans 8 and 5. You know this scripture very well, but it, uh, Romans 8 and 5 says, For, for the they that, that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, in other words, it's setting our mind to the things of the Spirit. That's, that means that's not passive. That's active. That's what he, when he says to gird up the loins of our mind, it's setting our minds on the things of God. You can't, just, you can't just go numb and expect to be connected. You might obtain mercy, which I'll talk to you about a little bit later. You might, you might live and survive off of mercy, but you've not, you're not ever going to taste of the grace here that I'm talking about in this scripture that is connected to girding up your minds and setting them on the things of God. You can't be passive. You can't be passive. It's a call to action. It's a call to move forward. It's a call to get in tune with what God is, is wanting to do in your life. Amen. Amen. Philippians 3.9 says it like this. I'm going to give you about two examples here. And whose end is destruction. Talking about those whose God is their belly. Whose glory is in their shame. Who mind earthly things. That's just passive. Whatever whatever I'm hungry for or desire or whatever my eyes see. How I many of you got the mind beyond that? Or there's, you know what you reap? Destruction. Amen. I'm in the New Testament, by the way. That's what you, you'll, you'll reap destruction. So, so we, we, we aggressively gird up the loins of our mind. And, and we don't pay any attention to a lot of times to the appetites of the flesh. And we set our minds on these spiritual things, on God things. Amen. Colossians is probably the one that you recognize better. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. I know you know this one, but I'm going to give it to you. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. For Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And here it is. Set your affections on things above. There it is. Set. It's, it's, it's I, I call that call to action. It's going beyond passivity. It's intentional. It's a desire. It's a hunger. It's a will. It's a heart. 
No, you wasn't saved that way, but since God has risen you, now you're, you're aggressively, you're aggressively pursuing. It's like Paul's teaching in, in, in to Timothy. You remember when he's teaching Timothy? He taught Timothy three, three, three examples, real plain, to give us this mindset that, that really should take us away from passivity. And, and that was that was the, the athlete and the farmer and the soldier. Remember all three in Timothy? He gave us those that analogy. And and and, and the of course, w- without the right mindset, all three would have suffered. They had to set their mind. I guarantee you, the 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 the, the soldier mindset is different than than the, the 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 regular citizen. He's got his mind set on battle and on war, and he don't think it's strange when things go wrong. He don't think it's strange when he's getting fought. He don't think it's strange when he gets shot at. He don't think it's strange when he gets wounded. He don't think it's not anything about that. But no, he's got his mind set, and he's aggressive in what he's doing. He don't think this is hard. He's been trained for it, basic training. He knows it's coming. He's not shocked. He's not surprised. He's not dismayed. He knows he's trained for this. Or, or the farmer. The farmer knows it's going to be hot. The farmer knows it's going to be sweaty. The farmer knows it's going to be long hours. The farmer knows it's going to be dusty. It's going to be dirty. The farmer knows all these things. He's got a mindset. It's all day today. It's all day. We're going to work at this thing all There's no passiveness. The farmer gets passive, the cow's going to starve. They're going to eat snowballs. There's no passivity. There's not. The athlete, he gets passive, quits working out, quits exercising, quits doing the things he's doing to prepare for whatever the competition he is. If he does all that, he's going he's to fail big time. Why do we think it's any different amongst believers when Scripture is so plain to tell us we got to set our minds like a farmer. We need to set our minds like, a, like a, a, an athlete. We need to set our minds like a soldier and not be passive, but be realize and realize I expect some things. I expect as a farmer, I expect for it to be hot. I expect things to break. I expect for things not to go always well. I expect all kinds of things. I expect we could get a thunderstorm and ruin all my plans. I expect, I expect. I don't, I, sometimes I ain't keen on it. I don't like it. Sometimes I wish it hadn't. But I'm going to tell you what, I still believe in the future grace that God's going God's to still give me what I need if I'll use a little bit of, of what God's put in me to move forward. Hey, amen, passivity. I don't know why we think we can not be active, follow this call, and, and, and get the future. The future grace is connected. Well, yeah, you were saved by grace, and that was a free gift. But when, since you've been risen again in Christ, you need to set your mind. Gird up them loins. Quit going to that website. Gird your mind. Quit looking that way. Gird your mind. Quit thinking that way. Quit believing God's not going to do anything. Gird your mind. Tighten it up, baby, so you can be active in this thing. Gird your mind. That the, when the altar's call's given, don't sit back passive. Thinking, well, God bless me if he wants to right here. No, don't you be passive. If the cows starve from the death, I think, well, God will feed them if he wants to. Amen. Anything else? You can't be passive. Let me just tell you what. Used to be a time you'd starve to death in this country if, if, if you was passive. Used to be, according to the Bible, if a man didn't work, he didn't eat. I know we've talked. Our culture... To be passive, preach on, preacher. Hey, right next to that message the other week on entitlement, this goes hand in hand. Passivity, but it'll never connect us. You're gonna always, you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss that future grace, that powerful thing. 
that thing that can change your entire scope of life, that future grace. Amen. So what I want to do, this is why this is an easy preach. Go back to the text for me, Kyla, back to uh, verse, uh, chapter 1 and uh, verse 13. Uh, I want you to see something. This is why this is an easy preach. This is why I like, I like scriptures like this because I can stay in the Bible and it's just easy preaching, which you should stay in the Bible anyway. But I like what he says here. He says, wherefore. Now, I know I don't mean much to somebody. Wherefore, 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 or therefore sometimes, or, or because. In other words, there's, there's some stuff ahead of this that Peter's already won the argument. He settled, I, I ain't got to make this up. I ain't got to reason with you any kind of cultural thoughts or rationale. Oh, no, I can just go straight to Scripture this morning, and I can give you some reasons why the argument, a man moved by the Holy Spirit of God, moved on him to write this. That's bigger than my natural reasoning. I could tell you on and on why I think you shouldn't be passive. But I'm going to tell you what. Peter built an argument. And his argument is this. Wherefore, wherefore he says, this is, this is why. This is why you should gird up the loins of your mind and, and answer the call of action. So I want to share just a couple thoughts. And I'm going to have to hurry because I'm going to have to run through a couple of them real quick. But here's... Here, if you will, kind of in a, in, a, in, a, in a quick snapshot, verse 1 and verse 2. Go back to verse 1 and verse 2. Because that wherefore is pointing back to where he started this chapter. You want to know why I should gird up the loins of my mind? Why I shouldn't be passive anymore? Why I should answer the call to be aggressive, to be active, to hope? You want to know why? You want to know why this morning you shouldn't be discouraged and dismayed? You want to know why you should be able to hope to the end, whatever the end is, whenever it is. Let me tell you why you should hope to the end. Well, here, here's first two verses goes like this. Peter, he just he just kind of telling us what's going on. Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers, scattered. I, I assume they was probably all discouraged, all in dismay, all all despairing, maybe even in. Maybe to the point of, of not moving for God, not moving in grace, not believing, anticipating a hope at the end. Verse 2, um, you know where they was from. You can read that for yourself. I'm not going to let you laugh at me trying to pronounce that stuff. Listen to what he said. Elect, elect, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace Unto you and peace be be multiplied. So, first thought. Here's the first argument. Peter says this. This is his argument. The argument is this: that it's a high privilege. It's a high privilege. You want to know why you should hope to the end? You want to know why you should hope for grace till the end? You know why you shouldn't be dismayed this morning? Let me just tell you why you shouldn't be discouraged this morning. If you're a child of God this morning, because it's a high privilege. Man, he is he is blessed who has called us into this election. He has called, we are blessed for being called in it. Sh sh should chosen men of the most high give in to despair this morning? Should they? Should anyone that's been chosen by the most high? You should never despair. Hey, you should never despair. You've been elected. He chose you. You should never be to the point of despair. I didn't say you wouldn't have times of disappointment. I wouldn't say times that you had to get your breath or get your feet back up. I didn't say you wouldn't have times, man, you might have to, to nuzzle up to that altar in tears and plow and dig and lunge and lurch and speak in tongues and get old down and get prayed for and get them to play your favorite song and shout and holler and run. And I didn't say you might have to do all that. But I'm going hey, to tell you what, it's a privilege this morning. You shouldn't despair to the moment that it's over. It's not over. No, hope to the end. Hope to the end. No matter what the doctor said, no matter what they said, no matter what's going on, no matter what the bank account, hope. Hope to the end. Paul. A year ago, Paul told me it was over. <laughs> it ain't looking over over there. Hey! Y'all remember? Y'all remember? He stood up on this platform time or two and told us it was over. 
He didn't actually say it in that many words, but his gestures did. And I understand. I'm not mocking or squirreling or quarreling. I'm just saying. I'm just going to say it. It's not over. Hope. Woo. Hey. Don't you ever be dismayed or in despair. Shall the very elect of God become passive? Ever. Never. The very elect. I just come to tell you. All you the very elect. You should never get passive. Ever. My God. Amen. Woo. I feel better now. I ain't done that for a while. I've been passive. Amen. Second, second arguments in verse 3. Verse 3. Uh, he says this. Blessed be God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us again unto the lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's building an argument. He's building an argument. Should I be dismayed? Should I be in despair? Should I not be able to gird the loins of my mind up this morning? Here's the argument. If you're born again, how can you? How can you? If you're born again to a living hope, if you're born to a living how can I? If a man's been twice born, how can he set his mind on natural things of this world and not be full of hope? When the spirit of life and the spirit of God and the spirit of all eternity fills you, when that resurrected spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, how can you lower your eyes on the things that's going on in this place? Hey! Hey, are you born again, twice born? If you've only been once born, yes, you'll be an ER all the days of your life till you find that one that reborns you. Hey, and when that happens, if you've been twice born with that eternal spirit, lift up your eyes. Lift up your, if you've been risen in Christ, if you've been risen, set your mind. Gird up the, my God in heaven, gird up the loins of your mind. And hope. Hope. Even if it ain't here now. Hope for the grace that is to come. Hope. Woo. These arguments are better than my opening because they're all God's word. Amen. Amen. New life. I got new life. I got God life. Amen. Amen. Verse 4. Verse 4. Argument number 3. And he says to an inheritance. Here's the argument. An inheritance is incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved, reserved in heaven. For you, your inheritance, that's the argument. He's building an argument. Man, you've got heaven. You've got this inheritance. You've got a destiny. There's a destiny that lies ahead of you. There's a destiny that's at work. There's a destiny. How in the world can we not be girding up the loins of our mind for that that lies ahead? Yeah, in this life, if all you've got this life, I can see it. Because you might live to be 60, you might live to be 70, you might live to be 20. You might not never live. A day, a day. But there's a destiny. Come on, somebody, do you believe it? If you believe it, you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. Be active. Hear what the doctor said. Say what he wants. i got a destiny. He can say he can he can say he can say you cannot live and you must die. But I got a destiny that says you're gonna live forever, forever. You shall not ever die again. There'll be no more death there. There'll be no more pain there. There'll be no more crying there. That don't make men passive. That makes them aggressive. 
That makes them wanting to take the kingdom of heaven by force. Hey, and the violent, they take it. That don't sound very passive to me, Brother Angle. That's one thing I always preach about, about Brother Angle. I ain't never known him to be very passive. <laughs> I've never known him to be passive in my life. Amen. Amen. I believe he's, I believe he's bought into these arguments that I'm preaching on this morning and then some. Verse 5, verse 5, another argument was this. Who are kept by the power of God. Kept. How can we not gird up the loins? How can we not this morning? I'm not talking about keeping yourself. I'm not talking about you working to keep. I'm talking about He keeps us. The power, let me just say it like this. If omnipotence, if omnipotence is keeping me, Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You'd have been long gone if omnipotence. You'd have died last year. You'd have died. You'd have, you'd have fell off into hell's fires two years ago. You, it would have come to an end. To, you'd have never be here this morning. Omnipotence. God kept you. You don't know why I'm still here preaching? It ain't because I'm so, so good. I didn't keep myself. I'd have failed the first six months. You've heard the story. I would have failed in the first six months so severely that I would have went right back into the same bondages. My house would have been seven times worse. Seven times worse. And maybe to never to recover. But I found God six months into my Christian wall that he can omnipotence. My God, omnipotence. The power of Almighty God. Kept me. Kept me. I just guarantee you, you that's here this morning, omnipotence. You didn't keep yourself. I know you can quote 10 scriptures. I know you can. I know you know the Lord's Prayer. I know all that. I know you know the, most of the words to Amazing Grace. If you're like me, I just home some of them. That's like when I first got saved and the priest, that's before I got me one of them tab Bibles. Y'all remember them, them tab Bibles? Before I got me one of them tab Bibles, they, they'd say open up to the, to the book of Malachi. And I, I, never, I, could, I didn't know where Malachi was. You can tell that I didn't know how to say it. I couldn't find Malachi because it looked like Malachi to me. So I'd, get, I'd just give up, and I'd, I'd just open up somewhere and make sure there wasn't nobody looking. <laughs> I said, hey, you, you talking right now, preacher. You in the Word. I suppose. <laughs> hey, all my opponents is what's kept us. How can I be passive? How can I be hopeless? How can I not? How can I not look for the grace that's yet to come? Because what's given me? Good. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Can't do it. Argument number five. Here it is. Here it is. Verse six. Verse six and seven. For in now you greatly rejoice. Even if there might be a season, there might be. You might go through some stuff. How many figured that one out? There might be a season even of heaviness. There might be many, 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 many temptations. Good day, church. Are y'all with me? You should have said amen right there. Many, many, many. I find temptations I didn't even know were alive. I didn't even know they existed. Amen. I find things that I never, never even knowed was possible. So how could I feel that way? Many, 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 many times that the trial of your faith be more precious than of gold that, that perishes, though it be tried with fire. You might be found unto praise and honor and glory unto his appearing. 
I like this because this is what this tells me. God's, here's the argument. Here's the argument. You know why you shouldn't be dismayed? Not even in many, many trials. Not even hard stuff. Not even tough stuff. Not even some of the most difficult fires that you go through. God's got a design. That's the argument. God's got a design. He's got a design. He's working. I know you've been through some tough stuff. I know that. But I'm going to tell you what. If you ain't dead, God had a design. I said, if you're still here, God had, hey, God had a design. No matter how fiery, how hurtful, no matter how it stripped away and ripped at you and ripped at your heart and left you wounded, left you struggling maybe for a year or two or ten, I know what days I'm God had a design. And he's still got a design. How can you be passive? Even in that kind of time, that's what he's saying. How can you even in great trials and great fiery furnaces? It's just God's working on your faith. Wait till you get to the end of it. Hey, he had a design. Though at the time, I think how in the world could this work anything good? He's got a grand design. And in the end of it, it's going to be praise. And in the end of it, it's going to be honor. I wonder if anybody in here knows what I'm talking about. They got to the end of it. During it, they couldn't say much. And during it, they wouldn't say much. And during it, they couldn't hardly get their head up. But at the end of it, I said, when the fire went out, when the fire went out and the trial led up and the temptation was over, oh, they could lift up it and they could honor and they could give glory and they could praise Jesus with joy in their soul. Mighty joy. Woo! Amen. That's just an argument. He says, so gird up. You that's in a time of great temptation. Come on. You that's in a time of great trial. The fire's hotter than you ever knew it. Well, still gird up. Because there's coming a time because of the grace that's going to come in the future. There's coming a time you're going to be able to stand there with the rest of God's saints. And you're going to be able to stand there. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I said, look what the Lord has done. Seen to be saying, he healed me. He healed me. Hey! Well, bless his name. Well, I thought I was tired when I come in here. I get to think about these arguments. I ain't tired no more. Hey! Amen. Amen, he's got a design. Your faith, your faith will be, will come to a great gold, a great purging, a great, a great purity. Amen. Next argument, verse 9, verse 9, I, I'm almost done. Hang in there with me. Verse 8 and 9, whom, whom, that's all right, going back to verse 8. Whom having not seen you love and whom now, though now you see him not yet believing, with, you, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Verse 9 now, verse 9, receiving the end. Receiving the end of your salvation. Receiving the end of your salvation. Even, even of your souls. I love that. I love that because that's just it. That's about faith. Has not, faith has already, just think about this. Has faith not already allowed you to rejoice? Think about it this morning. Or, or, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But as for me, I'm just going to tell you something. These last 29 years. Even with the faith that I have now, the grace that I have now, that has not been perfected even yet. That's not come to the. I'm not come to the end of my faith yet. But even up to this point, I've got more joy than I ever had those other years. Have I not got more rejoicing? Have, have I, am I not happier now than I ever was? Amen, preacher. Amen. And then here's the great thing about it. We gird up the loins of our mind because of what's yet to come for the end. If faith's been this good in the beginning, I said, let me go over here. I said, faith has been this good in the beginning. What about the end? I'm about to explode this morning. Yeah. Faith's been this good now. I'm going to need that glorified body. Or I'll come plumb apart. Atoms can't hold this together. Fibers and muscle tissue and veins can't keep this together under that. It must be glorified. Or you'll watch an implosion. <laughs> the 
That's his argument. Gird up the loins of your mind. He ain't seen nothing yet. He ain't seen nothing yet. Don't despair. Don't dismay. Amen. Amen. I got, can, can you handle two more arguments and then I kind of close? Amen. We're actually one more argument and then I'm going to close. How about that? Verse 10, verse 10 through 12. This is what it says. This is powerful. Of salvation. The prophets, he's talking, he's, he's still building an argument. He's like, how can you be passive? That's what he's saying. It's because it's all building towards that wherefore. Wherefore gird up. How, he says, how can you be passive? How can you not hope to the end? How can this not be, how can we not answer this call, this call to activity this morning? When he says, because of the salvation, the prophets, man, they inquired, they searched so diligently. They studied this thing. They wanted it, they desired it so my God, they desired it. The prophets of old, Isaiah would get glimpses of it. And he desired it. Jeremiah would see sketches of it. Hosea would see it through his wife. And, and all they desired. Hosea, Hosea learned it in, in teachings about his wife. And, and, and he, he hungered. He de- desired. Even going so far to prophesy grace. I like that. I like that. See, that's what I'm trying to do this morning. Trying to prophesy future grace. Future grace. Grace you ain't seen yet. Grace I ain't seen yet. I'm like Isaiah this morning. I'm straining. I'm straining to see it. Amen. Because I, I ain't seen it yet in its fullness. It's coming though. And right when I need it. Whatever it is. It's coming. Listen. They, they, they strained it. They wanted it. They desired it. That it should come unto you. Verse 11 and 12. Let's got to finish. Searching. Certain what or what manner of time the Spirit, see, I told you grace ain't separate from the Spirit of Christ. It's connected. Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. And in verse 12, even, even verse 12, and, and unto you who it's revealed. See, we've already, we've already got a good taste of grace, ain't we? Anybody in here saved by grace? Anybody got a good taste yet? Have you had a good taste? It's been revealed then. It's got to what's got to be. You've got to see grace. You'll never be saved unless you see grace. You'll never work into it. You can't work in it. You can't save yourself. What's your plan? If you, don't, if you don't find grace, what's your plan of getting off this little green rock? You've got no plan. Your plan will fail. There's only one plan getting off this little green rock. It's called grace. Jesus Christ. Born again. Without which you shall not shall see the kingdom of God. You must be. You must be. You must be. You must be. Amen. That preacher's pushy this morning. Well, no, that preacher's telling the truth. You must be. You must be. Anybody else tries to get any other way as a thief and a robber, and it ain't going to happen. Amen. Unto whom it was revealed to us, and to themselves. But unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things even, listen, even the angels. Think about that. I'm going to say it like this. Here's, Here's his argument. Here's his argument. All of eternity, all of eternity desires this. All of eternity's been looking at this. All of eternity's past still stands and admires grace. The old prophets, the angels, all of eternity. Moses, Moses who brung the law, he's like, daggone, I wish I'd have got in on this grace thing. I wouldn't have had such a time in the wilderness. You know? All the laws, all, 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 the, all, the, all the angels, they're like, they're still standing and amazed and as they gaze at it. I just want to tell you something this morning. If you're really looking into what the angels and all of eternity and the old prophets and what some of us are looking, you, you can't be passive. If you're gazing into grace, true grace, true grace, and the hope, the hope that's coming, you can't help but gird up. I got to get off this bench. I, 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 got, I got to answer this call. I got to finish. I think I brought too much scripture to this party. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This last part, 
I like this because this, is, this really brings it home, if you will. Because this future grace, we're going to see it right here as we, as we finish out this story. This future grace is both powerful and purposeful. How many know this morning that future grace, it is powerful, but that's not the only reason it's for. It is powerful. Future grace will help you out of your tight spot. Future grace, it'll do, it'll do amazing things that maybe I don't even, don't even know what we might need. Like that young man I'm talking about. I don't even know sometimes you know, what we might, what grace might cover. But I want to tell you what, I do know this, it's purposeful. Grace is with a purpose. Did you hear me? Grace is with a purpose. There's a purpose connected to grace. The last three verses, I, I want to share with you verse, verse 14 and 15, 16. If you, if you pull that up right for me, I'm just going to read them, and then I'm just going to finish. And the Bible says this, because remember, we're now looking for we're standing in hope of this grace that's going to be revealed by Christ Jesus as obedient children. That's who we are. We're standing there with the, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lust. So you didn't know grace went like this, did you? You didn't know. You didn't know that grace, grace went another way as well. Grace, not fashioning ourselves according to former lust in our ignorance or your ignorance, but but as which he hath called you is holy. I just want to break it to you right now. Future grace is to make you holy. It's got a purpose. Future grace just ain't so we can excuse our sin. Future grace ain't just so we can we can ignore our present position. Future grace is for holy, for holiness. That's why I'm not scared to preach about grace. I'm not scared to preach about grace is wide open and big, and it'll cover any sin. And it'll cover them all day long. That's why I can say you got another chance. And that's why I can tell the druggie or, or the, the one that's here or the one that's there. I can say, you got, you got another shot. And not be scared that they're going to abuse grace. Because if they really get grace, the grace I'm talking about, it'll make you holy. It'll make you holy. Amen. Because it's active. And it sets its mind. I got to finish. I said, how many times have I said that? Ten times? Holy, so, so be ye holy in all manner of lifestyle, in all your life. Verse 16, let's finish. Because it's written, be ye holy. For I, that's what the grace was for. It's a purpose in it. So you that's dismayed, but even, even this morning about where I'm at right now in my walk, hey, you hoping the grace that's coming. You, you, you think I ain't perfect enough this morning. You, hey, you hope for the grace that's coming. There's a grace, there's grace continuously coming into your life that's, that's making you holy. I said, if you really, if you really set on grace, I didn't say you're perfect now. You might not be. Somebody smile. Have I lost this congregation? No. And I'm going to tell you, the grace that's coming, it's ever perfecting. It's ever bringing. One day at a time, baby, it's bringing us closer. It's the grace. As bad as I about fell that first six months into it, grace came, and it began to perfect. Let me tell you something. I ain't sat on a beer cooler since. And that lesson was learned. I didn't need that grace lesson but one time. But I'm going to tell you what. I've had a thousand others. It's perfected. No, I still ain't all that. But I'm hoping for the grace that's yet to come. It's grace with a great purpose. It's future grace. It's a great purpose coming. And I'm going to receive it. And it's the purpose of it is for holiness. It's coming for holiness. And it's the same grace that gives us salvation. But it's also taking me deeper and it's taking me further. It's the same grace that's passing. Old things are passing away. And behold, all things are becoming new. It's the same grace that's making me a new creature. Has made me a new creature. Ever perfect. To the point that I will receive the end of my faith. Amen. Amen. Time they get me up here in this box.
I just want y'all to remember that. When they put me up here in a box in the front of all y'all, ever who's left, I might outlive all of you. But when they do, your grandkids will have to remember this. Because I'm going to outlive all of you. When they put me up here in this box, you can, I'll tell you what, one thing I'm sure of, his grace has come. And I've received the end of my faith. Amen. And though I've struggled, though I've had shortcomings, though I've come short a few times, my God, I can tell you, his grace has made me holy for he is holy. And I didn't take it passive. I tightened up my belt. And I may have to tighten it up again. But I'm going to active. I'm going to push. I'm going to, what happened to the strivers? What happened to the seekers? What happened to them that's hungry for holiness? Hungry for the kingdom. Hungry for the righteousness of God. Hungry for grace to pour out like a river. Hungry for more than what was yesterday. Hungry for more than it was in the past. Hungry. Passive no more. Amen. For the grace. The grace. The possibility of it. Amen. You might have regrets, despair. You might feel condemned this morning. Let me just tell you something. Gird up the loins. If you feel condemned this morning... That ain't what this message was about. But if you do, gird up the, your loins. Set your mind right now. If you feel the despair, hey, tighten it up. Gird up the loins of your mind. Hope for the grace. Hope for, y'all come on. Hope for the grace. Hope for the grace that is to come. Today, I'll finish with this. It's just this. Today is a call to action. It is. It's a call to action. I'm going to tell you the grace you're looking for, you're not going to get it being passive. I hope you got that out of this message. You're not. You might get mercy. A lot of folk, they surviving on mercy. But mercy's cool. I'm glad mercy has looked upon me a few times when I deserve death. And mercy said, no, not yet. I'm glad about that. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm talking about something further than mercy. It's the aggressive call, pursuit of grace. I want grace. I don't want this to exist. It's not going to be passive. Do you realize that's what that's really all about? When we just weigh back, we don't ever do nothing about it. We don't ever do nothing with it. We don't ever go for it. We just existing. I thank God that mercy's kept you. Mercy kept me. I'm thankful. But I'm going to tell you what, today is a call to action. It's a day to go after it. It's a day to go for it. Amen. Passive no more. No passive grace this morning. Let us now go boldly to this throne. Throne of grace. Let's get the help.